guys, it's Mina. Before we start today, wanted to remind you to check out ESPN's newest football podcast, Organized Chaos, with former NFL head coach Rex Ryan and one of his most prominent former players, Bart Scott. You can find Organized Chaos wherever you get your podcasts. Back to the Mini Time Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts thinks a certain NFL coach would love him because he loves sitting in people's laps. That's Lenny. I'm Mina Kimes. I might have pushed it with that one, but I won't know until people tell me. Um, I am delighted to be back uh, with a guest that I have not had in a while, and I think it's probably been since last season. Is that right, Patrick Claybon? Since you've I think so. Out? Yeah, it, it, it was last season. I, I can't. I couldn't tell you what week because I can't tell you very much about anything. I'm kind of untethered from my relationship with time. Uh, but it has been a while. It's good to be here, Mina. We're off to a great start. I, I, the relationship with time is tough too with the new season because I can't tell what means anything. It's the biggest anymore. season ever, Mina. The biggest the season biggest, ever. So I have to it, say that. Somebody will come in here and fight me if I don't. That Patrick is literally. That's true. He is recording at the NFL network's new podcast studio um so if he doesn't say the biggest season ever um people are going to take him away squid game style actually haven't seen all the squid game but don't spoil it for me um i was really hoping to get a little bit more of a chuckle from you with my intro i'm not gonna lie i like lost confidence afterwards because he didn't chuckle but that's okay no no don't don't lose confidence i i will laugh i will laugh (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh god that now i'm rethinking it like maybe I, I watch squid games too maybe that's maybe that's the problem i've been uh ruined by by this idea this concept of of awful awful stuff happening to people speaking of ruination um the bears made news today so we're going to start there we're going to talk about a couple of there's a couple of really good games this week um you're going to talk about the gilmore stuff there's a lot of stuff i want to cover with you as we head into nfl Week five, which I don't even know, like week five, it used to be almost a halfway point, but now it's not. It's just, it's too much. Um, Let's start with the field stuff. So Matt Nagy, Bears head coach, came out today and said, he said a few things. He said, Justin Fields is the unequivocal starter. He is QB1. Andy Dalton has been supplanted. The Bear, I don't think the Bears did a tweet, but because it would probably have been just ratioed to death, but he is QB one. And then Nagy said, um, I, I don't want to misquote him. He kind of insinuated that like he wasn't backtracking at all uh, or change it. At, even though a couple days ago he said, when healthy Andy Dalton's QB one, I don't know. I don't want to get into the twisted logical puzzle. That is the reasoning behind uh, everything that seems to happen there these days. I, I want to ask you about Justin Fields and how you feel about him being QB one headed into this game with the Raiders, like, you know, coming off of a good performance, a win against admittedly a very bad Detroit lions team play calling from bill laser. Um, are you worried? Are you happy? Are you just mildly congested? Like what, what's the vibe? Well, I am mildly congested, but, but no symptoms. Uh, I get tested every week, but honestly, uh, Bill, Bill Lazor, the, the the most important news from the news conference today from Nagy was saying that he, and again, I don't want to misquote, right? But he, <laughs> he felt more able to deal with all three phases with Bill Lazor calling the plays. And it's like, yes, yes, yes that's what we were worried about, uh, yeah. was that you were going to be orchestrating because people talk about, right, putting 
rookie quarterbacks in bad situations. And and the idea is, well, they need to, to wait and watch because they don't want to get bad tendencies. But the problem is, if you're getting bad tendencies it, on Monday through Saturday, then it doesn't matter if you're not playing on Sunday and not getting them. You're getting them all week. Uh, so we get Bill Lazor to, to work on the offense the way that he would like to call the plays. Uh, with Justin Fields and that makes me feel so much better because they were better and again you said it as well we have to use the it was the Lions caveat but it was so much better and also we should use the it was the Browns caveat because Kirk Cousins and company didn't look good against the Browns either so I'm I'm super confident I'm happy I'm overjoyed all of our Bears fans are happy as well and they should (laughs) because it's been a long time and they deserve this speaking of the Browns caveat we are going to talk about the Browns later um because I did early on, the defense does look very, very good, and they've done it against. You're right, like good team offenses that have looked good otherwise, and I think that's meaningful and it's notable. I, I'm a little bit worried about the Raiders, even though I don't think they have one of the better defenses in the NFL. The thing that they are very good at, <laughs> which is, I would say, the edge rushers are the the best defensive players on that team. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby happens to be my biggest concern about the bears, which is their offensive tackles, right. Um, who look better and were put in a bed along with Justin Fields. I think we're put in a better position to succeed, but it's a tough matchup for both of them. And I think like if fields has as much time as he did against Detroit. Yeah. I totally think he can look as perform as well off of those, you know, beautiful deep shots off of play action. We, we saw what we saw at Ohio state, which is the dude throws, the hell out of a deep ball um, and, you know, throws with anticipation and, and he's accurate, but I, I am a little bit worried about that particular matchup in this game. And then the other thing I'm worried about Patrick is if the bears fall behind, um, whether they, you know, are putting pressure because the Raiders offense is good, whether this pressure on Justin Fields to throw them out of trouble. And, and honestly, it's not always going to look like that, right? And you mentioned the Ohio State yeah. flashbacks where Justin's standing by himself uh, off of a seven-step drop and he throws a beam to Allen Robinson and the world celebrates and rejoices. But it's also, it's not always going to look like Jason Peters at his advanced age blocking Miles Garrett one-on-one, <laughs> right? So the, the answer is going to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And the Raiders pass rush, you know, as, you know, a, a, a unabashed Lamar Jackson stand, and, and I'm just thinking, like, get Alejandro Villanueva out of here. Uh, after the opener, but they've been good. They've they've yeah. sustained that, and and so it's it, it's not something to be, you know, super worried about in terms of well, you know, this 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 is a fluke. No, the the Raiders' pass rush is good, um, and it's going to present problems. But I, I think they're going to approach those problems a lot differently than they did in, in the matchup against Cleveland. And if Justin does have to throw, I, I think Bill Lazor is not going to put him in those circumstances where it's just hopeless. Uh, it's just hopeless, and you would like to have David Montgomery, but I think Damian Williams, who honestly should have been the Super Bowl MVP a couple of years ago. Wow! Uh, we'll, we'll have How it, dare we'll, uh, just, I just want to sneak podcast. I just want to sneak that in there. It's just not true at all. It's fine. Brandon <laughs> Staley brought the the RBs matter and RBs don't matter community together today. I don't know if you saw comment <laughs> about how like you don't need the run to set up play action, but you do need it to establish like a physicality and he he has like a way of talking i think where he he can say things that aren't that shocking or like un, um, maybe the better way to put it is that aren't that other coaches say but he just sounds very convincing when he says things um anyway so this and is he's a genius right so like it goes super it goes nice guy 
This is RV friendly space. Um, I yeah, the Montgomery thing bums me out. So it's four to five weeks I saw because he had been running so well early yeah. on, um, and so that's a that's a huge bummer. I do think they have good you know a good backup and um, Williams, and I also think the presence of Justin Fields in that offense should make the run game better no matter what. And I do think the Raiders can be run on. It makes them watchable, right? I I will watch more Bears mm-hmm. football now, and, and I think that's that's the priority. But it, I think it makes things. And people have been concerned. It's like, like bailing on Allen Robinson. I, I think for Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, everybody, uh, this is the best answer. Oh my long god! Time, and, and I'm glad. It, I'm glad it happened now. <laughs> Those two guys have to be. I mean, they, I mean they've been very like playing it cool. <laughs> the quarterback thing when asked about it, but you saw both of them have to be over the moon given some of the catches they made. Um, the, the the boost to their individual statistics with some of these deep shots. Um, the I'm thinking of the Robinson catch in particular, uh, on the right sideline. Yeah, the whole shot just Perfect. really just gorgeous stuff. All right, the other bit of NFL news. Uh, well, well <laughs> I feel bad because uh, Jalen Smith was cut. And that was like surprising, but then I feel like Stefan Gilmore immediately stole his thunder <laughs> to the point where like podcast of mine, like, hey, like, eh, we don't really have to talk about the Jalen Smith news. <laughs> Just um, push it into the trash bin. I actually appreciate the Gilmore news um, because we, I was going to ask you to talk about destinations and outcomes, but it's resolved. We are recording on Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, and Stefan Gilmore is now a Carolina Panther. And I will say, like, for, so the... First report was that he was released, which surprised people, even though, you know, Gilmore had made rumbles about not playing. Perhaps he's out right now with an you know, injury. But when he did come back uh, in week seven, not playing because of contract disputes, I, I don't think anyone people thought that the Patriots would be able to get some value for him. And then the trade break actually there's like late breaking. Oh, he might actually get traded. But it was really for nothing. Uh, the Panthers traded like a future sixth round pick like 2023 or something sixth round pick so nothing and i here's what surprises me well there's a lot of things that surprise me i mean so the the teams that were being thrown out during the like maybe two or three hours in which we speculated about such things before the <laughs> news broke were like like teams like you know the bucks were an obvious one the seahawks the ravens the Packers, I think somebody, I believe Albert Breer was the one who reported that there was interest there on Gilmore's part. Um, and and the, the fact that it's Carolina, I guess there's, it, it surprised me less from Carolina's perspective, which we'll get to, um, but more from the other teams. Because if if the news had broken, Patrick, and then they said, and he's signing a five-year, $18 million a year deal, I'd have been like, all right, now I get why those teams didn't get in. But the early report is that they don't have there's you know there's not going to be a multi year deal and that he does plan to play. So if I'm like a fan, I actually actually I happen to be a fan of one of those teams that really <laughs> needed a cornerback. I'm you? like I'm like yo. Well, I mean, okay, imagine Aaron Rodgers reading that news. <laughs> like what? I, yeah. I, and people say cast space, and you can make it work. Come on, with a one year deal, I'm you know you can do things, but. Anyways, okay, so that's the confusion on my part. Were you confused by that as well? I was, especially with an offseason of quarterback consternation regarding roster moves, yes. specifically in those two locations. Mm. Uh, you wonder you wonder about that. Uh, but the, in the teams that you mentioned, right, um, so Tom Brady, right, Aaron Rodgers, mm. Lamar Jackson, mm. like contenders, and we see a Panthers team, and as, there's there's all the reasons to do this, right? They were undefeated. They played a Dallas Cowboys team that, that's tough 
to to match up with. Phil Snow looks at ECCD Lamb and Amari Cooper, and it's like, well, how how do we approach this? How do we line up? It it becomes the math is a whole lot easier with Stephon Gilmore, but mm-hmm. I I don't know why it doesn't make like what's the idea with John Schneider uh, and Ugh. and this defense that that's a sieve, it's a colander, and I, I'm thinking about Jamal Adams just pointing at Debo Samuel and saying, Dude, hey. Uh- Okay, wow. There's nobody over there. Yeah, that was on Sidney Jones. So all these teams have cornerback issues. Like the Ravens uh, lost Marcus Peters. The Bucks right now had to roll out Richard Sherman, uh, last seen podcasting. Um, (laughs) The the Packers, Jair Alexander is like seriously hurt. We're still waiting to care whether it's season ending. Like every single one of these teams could have used just to find Gilmore, you know? So I, I don't get it again, but whatever, maybe there is a deal and we'll hear about a deal. And in, in either case, I imagine Carolina does this wanting to do a deal because they do have a fair amount of cash space. They have a lot of cash space this year. Actually, they have the second most behind the Jaguars. They have like almost $20 million. So they could do something now and, and front load it. Um, and then of course they lost JC Horn who, you know, you want, like Stefan Gilmore is like the 31 year old version. I think of what they'd like JC Horn to be, which is, uh, an elite man cornerback and and it just comes down to is it hubris uh on the part of these contenders these perennial contenders who who believe that that they're in this position not because they have transcendently talent quarterbacks but uh because they are, are some sort of mastermind in terms of roster construction uh is that the reason they didn't do this i don't know but i find myself asking this all the time maybe they have injury information that we don't know about stefan mm. gilmore but it, it would seem uh if you are a team right that is frequently running Kevin King out and frequently being frustrated with his inability to cover guys late, uh, especially in the playoffs. Maybe, you know, you use a couple picks that might not amount to anything anyway. Pierre Desir played for the Bucks last week. I Yikes. was like, that, damn, he's still in the Like, he was on the CX practice. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it, it's pretty wild. I, You know, Stephon Gilmore is not the defensive player of the year anymore. He's coming off of, you know, very serious injury, bit of a down season last year. But again, we're talking about Kevin King, Sidney Jones, and Pierre Desir. Like the the bar is yeah. is whatever. But so let's talk about just clearly from Carolina's perspective. You know, so I mentioned they they obviously have had injuries. They did the trade for CJ Henderson as well. There's like a level of aggression that I find kind of interesting with these moves. And I don't know if it I, I don't think they believe they're a Super Bowl team now because that's insane. But <laughs> um, sorry, Panthers fans. They're but they're an ascendant team, and I, I do feel like there's maybe not pressure coming from ownership to from David Tepper, like to be like, you know, we, it's not like we have to win a Super Bowl now, but they want to be better. And coming off of like that beginning of the season where you start looking better, I imagine there's a feeling like, okay, well, we don't want to drop back to a losing record because of a few injuries. Like, so we want to at least hold serve, get better. And then potentially in Gilmore, get, you know, we could even pay him for a few years. Like we have the money to do so. Yeah. There's, there's no harm in trying. Right. I I, I think I would like to see more teams uh, be this aggressive and, you know, mainly because it's not my money and I, I'd like guys (laughs) to get money. I would like everybody to be compensated right to their level of, of, of success, but um, I, it's good when it goes. It's good when teams try, and we constantly people constantly piling on cap concerns. But Mickey Loomis and the Saints make it work. Uh, it's it's better. It's better to try, and, and I like that. It, it gives me it gives me hope for the Panthers. So yeah, Panthers fans, like maybe maybe it's a long shot, but but 
it, it's going to be fun to watch, and it's not going to be a team that's wilted away uh, because they're out of cornerbacks. And, and hopefully you get something out of C.J. Henderson. Maybe there's people who believe yeah. in the os- osmosis theory of learning, like maybe C.J. Henderson turns into mini Gilmore. We'll see. I mean, Probably they, not, but maybe. Dude, they didn't trade that much for him either. Like, And as far as the Panthers, you know. Well, we we like, lost the Darnold to Arnold connection. We, we can't I say that. It's, it's I actually, dead. I feel like no, like nobody cared about Dan Arnold being <laughs> traded. And then in the Jacksonville game on Thursday night, people were like, oh, he's actually pretty good. Like, this is actually like a pretty good player for Jacksonville to get. Um, but yeah, I, I look, the Cowboys offense, who we're about to talk about, is a buzzsaw. So a banged up Carolina defense struggling against them is not like I, I would say both. It's not terribly surprising. Right. And then it's also not reason to think that your team can't be a potential playoff team or compete, frankly, because I think the Cowboys offense is going to do that to a lot of teams. Um, speaking of which, let's just talk about him. So the second now it's third question I wanted to ask you was whether the giants had a chance against Dallas. And I spent the morning on my flight back to Los Angeles watching Giants Saints. I was late to this game, Patrick, and it was weird. I think every game that the Saints play Super is now weird. weird. They're the most chaotic team in the NFL. <laughs> I, I will not, I will not, I, w- I would never bet on a Saints game this year. And if you do, you're a fool. Um, but I think the most surprising thing about the Giants, and we can kind of hit it on both sides, is like coming into this season, and go back to our, my division preview i probably said this i thought that i was like damn man this is a rising young defense that was awesome last year their coordinators also named patrick he's crushing it james bad bradbury looks awesome leonard williams great and then you know the offense i don't know and 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 the reverse <laughs> was i wouldn't say the reverse has been true because i don't like you, you it's early, can't, yeah, yeah it's very know. early and you can't say that this offense is like certainly not like a top 10 offense but watching the Saints game I definitely was more impressed by the Giants offense than the Giants defense easy easily easily the most impressive play uh probably the most impressive moment after was after Saquon Barkley's touchdown uh when he left the end zone and I have to check next gen stats after he scored the touchdown at approximately 17 miles an hour celebrating I'm so glad to see Saquon healthy he uh, because he looks explosive but you 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 just wonder about this like the, the quantum superposition of the Saints, right? We're not really sure what's <laughs> happening every single time. And you open the box totally. and it's like, oh, Jameis, like, wait, what? 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 Here's happening? a bomb to Marquez Callaway, and here's absolutely nothing for six drives. And yeah. then Taysom scores, and it's like, ah, Taysom's back, especially from a fantasy perspective. But so we don't really know. And and right now, you know, speaking of fantasy, we just you know finished the show, and. Daniel Jones is quarterback six. Right? Not it's surprising. Coming, it's coming so, off of his first 400-yard passing game, uh, but it's also his first 300-yard passing game since his rookie year. So we just have to wait and see. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm trying to change Daniel Jones' nickname from Danny Dimes to Dual Threat Danny. Are you with me? Of course. A- anytime, dual- <laughs> anytime you know somebody of, of that particular hue gets to be dual threat, I- I'm for it. But let's open it up for everybody. Danny, Danny, dual threat, Danny, DTD, <laughs> DTD. Uh, DTD is probably like a porn thing. I don't know about. I hate doing nicknames because they're cause, uh, abbreviations. Because someone always tells I, I'll me. Go- I'll Google it for you, but let me get off the work Wi Fi. <laughs> um. So dual threat Danny is leading the NFL of quarterbacks in yards per carry. Uh, 
Um, that two point conversion, by the way, after Sa- Saquon, I, w- I was like, he's absolutely keeping this. Here- here's the thing with dual threat Danny. Um, he is third in attempts, actually has, so he's behind um, Lamar and I don't have her in front of me. It's actually not Kyler. He's ahead of Josh Allen and Kyler, but he's seventh in design runs. So a lot of those attempts are scrambles. Jason Garrett, my man, you've got a, you've got a Lamborghini in your garage. <laughs> you have the best zone read quarterback in the NFL. I wouldn't go that far, but you like the more no, Daniel Jones do it. Do it. Moving, Danny is the best is the best read option quarterback in the NFL. He's I'm, I'm so let's do it. good. And, and by the way, I, it sounds like we're joking. I am not joking. I believe this. No. I also believe he is playing good, pretty good football. I mean, the, the thing with Jones is always like, it, where, where's the back breaking interception or fumble? Um, and it didn't happen in this game. Uh, I think he did have interception, but it was like a and a half kind of thing. Yeah. It was a Hail Mary. Uh, yeah. And also, um, yeah, I, I, it was it was weird. Okay, so let's talk about the the Giants offense against the Cowboys defense because that that is the question was do they have a chance? I think it, this is where it lies. Uh, the Saints game was weird because it was like three quarters of like oh god I hate watching the Giants offense like oh there's another first <laughs> down run it's like uh and then like they just popped the hell off and it wasn't it, it was also but I would say like a combination though of like the play calling the quarterback like the but the 56 yarder to Barkley where he Daniel Jones caught Marshawn Lattimore um, being nosy kind of like from that point on, it, it, it was almost like Jason Garrett realized that he has a bunch of playmakers in this offense. Like, Bar- obviously Barkley when I say realize he has not been a playmaker but he now he looks like his old self like the burst both running in as a receiver really good as rece- catching the ball in this game but when you have guys like him you have Kadarius Tony the human joystick um and then Galladay who isn't the great greatest separator but is incredibly strong and can get like crazy yards after the catch get them the ball in space screens whatever like and and it was just this was, I think, the best iteration of the Giants' offense, which is like, oh, right, like they dropped the bag and spent a draft pick on upgrading its skill player, and this is what it looks like. And and plus, how much more space we can get now that we got John Ross back and, and your Yo. excitement with regards to John Ross, everybody that, has, that never gave up, it was justified, <laughs> right? John Ross is back. They could spread things out more. And I, I'm I, I'm not as low on Jason Garrett as a lot of people are. People that are thinking back to the days or questionable timeout decisions, which are still happening in Dallas, by the way. There, there's so much that, that went on, but we kind of looked past, like, at the start of Dak's career, Dak, Jason Garrett made it work. Uh, we'd like to see Daniel Jones running, as, as, as you mentioned, as much as Dak used to run in, in those early days. But it, it, can, it can work. Is it going to work this week? I'm not sure. I, I don't know how the defensive matchup it works mm-hmm. now because Trayvon Diggs is apparently um, <laughs> best quarterback in the Dion. history of football. <laughs> like, Dude, he's um, gonna, he's so, gonna okay. I think he's awesome. He's gonna get burnt. Like he like is taking wild risks out there, and it is paying off, and it is amazing. But at some point, he's gonna get burnt. And, and when it happens, you know, I, I think it, you, you, we think back to the hard knocks moment where he's saying that Amari's not going to catch a ball, which seemed ridiculous, <laughs> right, at the time. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to, Trayvon, you, 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 chill out, man. But 
now, even though DJ Moore had success, um, he had he, the two picks in, in creating yeah. turnovers, especially getting interceptions, is so valuable in the in the league. It, it's it's going to work out. Um, he makes the defense better. But even if he does get burned, and let's say let's say it's John Ross uh, this week, he's he's still a dangerous guy, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, I think honestly, in terms of looking at Dan Quinn cornerbacks, you, you'd have to go back to Seattle, right? Until you had a guy that was playing like this, and it's it's working out. And shout shout out to DQ, one of the nicest guys in the world. I'm glad he's got a defense uh, that's having some success. Trayvon Diggs, uh, when he is the nearest defender. According to Next Gen Stats, he is allowing a touchdown to interception ratio of, of zero to five <laughs> and a passer rating of 33. Um, I think what's been most surprising to me about the Cowboys defense, besides their competence, is that, like, I, I you know, like Diggs coming into the scene, I was like, okay, he's there, unab- he's like very clearly CB1 in this defense. And Michael Parsons, I like watching him in college. Demarcus Lawrence is very good. But Otherwise, it's like a it's it's a horror show. And I think what uh, just like looking at the depth chart before the season, what's been so surprising is like actually all these other players are also playing well. I, I mentioned this on our show last week. Like Randy Gregory was really good in the Panthers game. Osa Digizoa is, is looking like the steal of the draft on defensive line. Um, I didn't mention him, but. Um, Gosh, how do I say his name? It's, it's J. Ron Curse, right? The the safety. Yeah. Okay, J. Ron Curse. Like he's looking really good. Um, even the other corner who was terrible the first couple of weeks is 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 better. Like I I just think as a unit, I've gone from thinking like, look, I I don't think they're one of the better defenses in the NFL, but I now think the floor is a lot higher than I did before, and that is surprising. I think against the Giants. Um, you know what I thought would be a it's funny because I think it's I thought both the Giants offensive line would be terrible and then the Dallas pass rush especially without DeMarcus Lawrence would be terrible and I now think neither of those things are true I actually think both are like fine yeah and Michael Parsons has has stepped in as a rookie and changed positions and been serviceable right as a rush mm-hmm. end and it's just one of those things where I hate I hate to throw more dirt on Mike Nolan but uh mm-hmm. like Yikes. Uh, Yikes. And, and I also get 2021 Washington football team vibes from like when I think about that Mike Nolan uh, Cowboys defense that was giving up 158 rush yards per game because they just couldn't they couldn't even get lined up. We were doing yeah. uh, total access hits w- with with Baldy and he was losing his mind. It's like, what are they even doing? Do they practice? Do they have discussions? Do they like each other? <laughs> and and now it's it's early. Right. But it's 81 Damn. rush yards a game. And this Cowboys schedule. They they played the Chargers, who were really good, right? Um, the Buccaneers on the opener is where they get the loss. But this defense is, is so much better. And as you said, we weren't expecting much. Like anything would have been an improvement. But they're, yeah. they're actually good, and they can make plays, which is the type of defense that you need when you've got an offense that, that can do what they can do. I think this is going to be a heavy Saquon game. Because I, I, I think I just – Jason Garrett – knowing the way he coaches is going to go into this thinking like keep the, you know, keep the ball out of tax hands. <laughs> uh, the, the Dallas run defense is something that can be exploited. Um, and I don't know if that's going to work, frankly, because um, I kind of think you got to let dimes cook. Sorry. Uh, Dilthor Danny cook. But <laughs> so I, you know, I just don't want like for New York, I think 
Saquon could definitely have some big plays, but I really hope they don't kill drives by forcing the run too much just because they feel like it's an advantageous matchup. Um, I will say uh, I have less faith. So so the offense, the Giants offense, I think can do can, can make it interesting. I don't have a ton of faith in the Giants defense against the Cowboys offense. How do you feel? No, I, I don't. And and I, I had more faith uh, for the Carolina Panthers defense. And Ooh. they can just do whatever they want to do um, in terms of the matchups. If if you devote the attention to CD and Amari and people will be upset and Raiders fans will say, oh, Amari Cooper disappeared. No, he's, he's, he's still out there. Right? <laughs> he's drawing coverages and he makes the matchups difficult. And if Zeke's going to have the success that he did, Tony Pollard can get in there. Not a lot of the they didn't need uh, Tony Pollard as much uh, against the Carolina Panthers. It's just tough, especially when you have a quarterback that has all the answers. And people say yeah. that uh, about veterans, but Dak is—he's seen it all at this point. And he can do so much. I was—I was listening to you know Deontay Lee and Seth Galina on their pod, just going through what the Cowboys can do. And there's so many other quarterbacks that need play action. They need these these other things. Yeah. It's not to call it a—it's not to call it a crutch, right? You know, get guys open. Uh, but with Dak, you you just have the the opportunity to to run these option routes. You can get CD and Amari making choices, and Dak's on the same page as them. It, it's just a tool that that other teams don't have. So why not do what you're exceptional at that that other teams can't do? And so yeah, it it works. This pairing of of McCarthy and Kellen Moore, it's working. And we thought there was a potential for it to go bad. Uh, but but I, I in terms of offenses that I believe in, and it's because of number four, they're they're pretty high up there. Uh, in the in the Rodgers Mahomes type offense range, mm. where where we just believe that it's going to work no matter what. Yeah, there's like an interesting thing happening in the NFL right now where there are these super super smart, super talented quarterbacks who are, are willing to take what defenses give to them. I think we're going to talk about Mahomes uh, and Chiefs spells a little bit later, but I think it's similar, and that's certainly what we're saying with Dallas. What you're describing, it's like, okay, you're going to take away the sit, you know, sit in too high and take away the deep ball. All right, you know, we'll kill you underneath. Oh, you're going to go give us light boxes. All right, we're going to go hard and running the ball. And by the way, running the ball, this offense is an absolute buzzsaw. Um, in the Panthers game, they averaged. Five and a half yards per carry before contact. That is so <laughs> crazy. Um, I mean, I, I like Zeke looks great, but like, let's not. <laughs> he looks great. Pollard looks great. This offensive line is wrecking souls right now. Um, they are playing so well, and unfortunately, it's a it's a Giants defense that has has really struggled against the run this year. Twenty six in DVOA, by the way, against the run. Um, and there's, I think a few reasons for that. Some of it is the defensive line, which is, you know, surprising some ways because it's like, this is a defense with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. That's where they invested a lot of their capital. They should be stout against the run. But, um, I think that the linebacker losing Blake Martinez was actually just totally brutal for them. And, uh, you know, they haven't been better against the pass either. The pass rush has been super inconsistent as well. But if Dallas wants to come in this matchup and pound the rock, I do not doubt their ability to do so. That's the problem with the Cowboys. They can do whatever they want to do. Like what? What do you? What do you need the Cowboys to do? And to, like if it's if it's deep dropbacks, uh, Dax had that in terms of his completion percentage on quick passes. Uh, he's at eighty seven percent right now, passer rating of one seventeen. Uh, so that can, can can get you short. It can get you. It's 
you hate to be too effusive with the Cowboys right early on. It's like, ah, you know, this is this is all uh, a myth. This is going to go wrong. But in terms of the the talent and what they've done so far, that there's there's no reason to believe uh, that this that they can't keep this up. I I feel like the Giants' defense can't be as worse as they've been because of like the coaching and the talent, especially in the secondary. But I also just think this isn't the game for them uh, no. or for anyone. For anyone, like I want to be clear, I, I'm really like the Panthers' defense was like the best in the NFL going into that matchup. Um, yeah, I, I don't really. I don't. I, I suspect they're going to. I don't know what they'll do. I started that sentence. It was like a Hail Mary to myself. And I was going to be like, they should do this. And then I realized I didn't have an answer for it because I don't know how you stop the Cowboys offense right now. Um, Yeah. So I'm going to go back to my first hypothesis, which is that their best chance of staying in this is if uh, DTD goes off, which I think is totally possible. I have, I, I, he's like the big winner of the giants, like through four weeks for me. And if he does go off, then we can use like the hashtag, like it's DTDTD, like when you get that dual threat Danny. That's touchdown, probably it, another, just, like, that's probably something awful. I don't know why. It just feels. Uh, uh, I don't, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know why you're worried about that. It, I, even if it is, even if it is, we can take it back. Danny Dimes, <laughs> oh, I, I did it again. Dual threat Danny can take it back. <laughs> All right. Um, let's take a quick break and then let's come back and talk about the game I mentioned and some other stuff. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Show. M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, so before we get into the Chiefs Bills and the Browns, I challenged you. I wanted to be more positive because I feel like, I don't know. My last podcast I was listening I was listening to it. 
now it's I'm now embarrassed that I admit that I listen to my own podcast, whatever. Anyways, I was listening to it and I was like, <laughs> oh, I wish this was more positive. So I asked you to pick two rookies through the first four weeks of the season who have surprised you in a pleasant way. So I will allow, and I also picked two. So I will allow you go to, to go first. Name your first rookie. And I'm glad that it's not like, hey, bury these kids who haven't had the success that we thought that they were going to have and call them busts and be mean. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm super just one. You just want one right now or you want both of them? Give me one. Well, yours, it's tricky because they're on the same team. So actually give me both of them. Ah, Spoiler alert. Oh, I, 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 I will give you the first one. And it is Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. And all that he's accomplished, even though I went to look at his snap count today and I Googled. And you know how Google tells you the like search suggestions that other people have? One of the things that Google, people are Googling is who is Asante Samuel Jr.'s dad, <laughs> which is That's an interesting thing. Incredible. For the, for that is, the masses to be Googling. But other than that, because uh, there was so much discussion, right, in terms of the draft of, you know, Horn and Sertan, yeah. right? How How is this going to play out? All of these legacies, the cornerbacks, and Asante Samuel Jr. is just kind of drifting back there. But he's been so good in terms of forcing turnovers, getting these interceptions early on, especially in the guys that he's being asked to cover uh, yeah. for the Chargers thus far this season. I, I think it was a pass intended for Amari Cooper that he picked off as well, and we talked about how difficult it was to defend that that Dallas offense. So, yeah, so, shout-out to Asante Samuel Jr. just doing it mm. uh, over here in the stadium I'm looking at right now through the window. And, and, and yeah, it, it's been great. I'm happy. Yeah, he looks awesome. I, I might, They have to be thrilled with what they've gotten from him and in their entire secondary, of course, early on. I mean – I like just we all know Derwin James is one of the best DBs in the NFL, but like Nas Adderley, Nasir Adderley, like his improvement at free safety, uh, Michael Davis, like the the whole group is playing super well. And I think that probably helps uh, Asante Samuel Jr., right? Like to be part of such a skilled and well coached group of players. I, you know, the only question I think, not the only question, but the question about him was like, oh, he's not like the biggest guy. Like he's, you, you, you would use all the same the coach's kid or the coach's kid, like if it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, everybody was like, he plays like his dad. He's yeah. so smart. He clearly grew up in the game Scrappy. and like, it's all true. But, um, I have not wa- noticed, like I, he has not looked undersized to me in any moment. Um, so I, yeah, they might, I feel like he already looks like a slam. There are so many cornerbacks taken before him, by the way. Brandon Staley actually like called him out a couple of weeks ago. Cause he got the, the defensive rookie of the month. And there was an interception that he got of, of Patrick Mahomes. And uh, Staley said he got that pick because he was out of position. And yeah. so it's like, hey, coach, like, don't don't dime me out. But even when he's not <laughs> supposed to be making plays, he's making plays. And that's what you want. Like, it's rare. Right. We talk about Marcus Peters freestyling and doing whatever he wants and getting picks and how that's valuable. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so glad to see it uh, from Asante Samuel Jr. Because it was honestly like what's we've seen guys leave Florida state uh, the past few years while the team hasn't been having success, but they've been having success. And it's like, what's going on down there. I- I'm just happy for Asante. Who is your other charger? That would be Rashawn Slater. And, and we <laughs> talked about uh, Micah Parsons and, and how good he was. It was like he, he had gotten a race and it's like, uh, I don't know if Micah Parsons is going to work a- as an edge, but those were on the plays where he was going up against Rashawn Slater and he's just been solid. And it's like, Watching Justin Herbert, if you saw on Monday night, it, all of the things that this Raiders pass rush has accomplished, 
Uh, Herbert had time on Monday, and and Rashawn yeah. Slater's just over there, and it's like, wow, you, you've just got a tackle that's going to play for the next 10, 12 years. Uh, not going to be a problem. Knock on wood. Hope hope he stays upright. But it's yeah. just it, he's he's been so good, and so yeah, I had to take a couple Chargers. Uh, apologies for no, making this I, the Charger I, podcast. <laughs> It already is. Uh, yeah, Slater's like locked it down on the left side. I mean, it was interesting. I was watching uh, the Raiders game. I was kind of very curious to see how their tackles would perform against the aforementioned Raiders edge rushers. And Storm Norton had some struggles against Max Crosby on the right side. Um, and Storm Norton's playing for Brian Bulaga is hurt. But uh, Slater, I think I, he was beaten like maybe twice at most. I mean, he's just been super solid against good pass rushers early on. Um, and also very good in run blocking. I don't know if you noticed, but like a lot of Eckler's most explosive, ru- most explosive runs tend to come on the left side behind him and Failer. Yep. So he he just looks like I don't know. It was like a dream pick when they took him, and it has played out that way. I think, along with dual threat Danny, a thing that we can get going on this podcast is that Rashawn Slater should be in the conversation for offensive rookie of the year. He'll never Let's give it to it. the lineman. But I've early on with the quarterbacks in being in difficult situations, this feels like the year. I think the early returns are the, through this part of the season. It's between him and then the first rookie that I'll mention, which is Jamar Chase. Um, and people who are, are listening are probably like, I mean, he's the sixth overall pick. Like, of course, he's going to be good. Well, I actually didn't <laughs> think he would be as good as he's been, frankly, early on. I, I liked him coming out of college, but. Um, yeah, he he wasn't my favorite wide receiver in the draft. I you know he's I thought he was very complete, but I was like, can he separate? And he can. Um, I mean, shoot, the he had that kind of nightmare preseason as well. But just through the first few games, um, I've been so impressed. He like does all the things that veterans do to get open, like the little subtle movements and push offs, even if he doesn't have like the incredible top end speed. And then he has really good hands, and he's just really strong. And I think. For Cincinnati, it's yeah. I mean, you got to be thrilled with what you've gotten from him. Obviously, the connection with Burrow speaks for itself, and the you know the production. But I just think the way he looks, I like. I think all like I think Devontae Smith looked good too, and Waddles had moments. But I just think he, when you watch him, you're like, okay, I get it. Like I understand why you took him where you did. Um, yeah. So Jamar Chase. That's yeah, my the the burst kind of leaps off the screen, right? Especially the late separation when the ball's in the air. I think we've seen that a couple of times uh, this season. And yeah, the, the preseason, like, yeah, throw it in the trash. I'm so glad that the, the, like he doesn't catch or he's bad at catching the football. I'm so glad that that went away super fast because everybody saw how good yeah. uh, he can be. And and I'm so glad that Burrow uh, is back and, and looking healthy and actually running uh, now, where it was like, kind of like one of those, no, 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 yes, things. And so I think Jamar can have a, a lot of success. And in terms of the way the, the offense suits up, it's they're, they're sneaky nice. Like the Bengals are sneaky nice. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to be sneaky uh, much longer because, you know, Chase is good and it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a problem, especially, you know, maybe if you're a team in the division and you don't know if you can convert third downs or even fourth downs. And it's like, do we have an offense? <sighs> Um, what do we do? Who, buddy? Who buddy? It's, it's well, bad. my other rookie is from another team in the division. It's not the one you mentioned. Um, I have, I, I liked Odafe Owe as a prospect. I thought, you know, he was raw. Obviously, he didn't have pass rush production, but his all of his testing was off the charts and the speed was very obvious. And it's been cool to see that translate to the NFL, the speed in particular. Like, just he just flies on that field 
Um, and I'm not a pass rush expert. So when I watch him, I'm not like, oh, wow, like his array of moves is developed already. But I, you can see him finding ways to be disruptive uh, that I guess I didn't, I don't know if I didn't expect it or, but I was just kind of, he was one of those players where I thought early on, ah, it might take him a while to come on. And they, and he's played a lot of football, by the way. Uh, and the Ravens like really needed him. I think, you know, after Judon walked to immediately step into that role as um, like a dynamic edge rusher. And I think they have to be pretty thrilled with what they've gotten. Uh, there's a, I think there's a great contrast on the team, right? When you look at Jalen Ferguson, who's like the all-time NCAA sack leader, yeah. who missed out on some of those testing numbers, and you're you, you're like, oh, production, production, production. But you, you know, you here in Adafi Oi, you draft the giant fast guy who can do things that nobody else can do, and Im- immediately pays off. Like if he doesn't force that fumble, we might be looking at this Ravens yes. season com- completely differently. But he does it, right? It, and he makes plays and. You can, you know, you have a chance, right? If there's a guy who doesn't have those tools, you'll never be able to give him those tools. But here, he clearly has it, and he's he's already producing. Like he's producing, it makes me wonder what was going on at Penn State, to be honest. Yeah, with you. truly, yeah, he it's so explosive. So, uh, and then we'll see Rashad Bateman too, which is a personal cause. You know what? I'll t- we'll talk yes. about the, the, <laughs> please I, no, Rashad, well, save us. Yeah. Oh my God. We'll talk about that in a second later. Um, let's stay in the division though and talk about the other team that I tease, which is the Browns. I I just wrote like, are the Browns contenders? Because uh, the other day we were ranking teams in the AFC and you know, like what's going to look like January. And I was like, oh, I still kind of think the Chiefs and the Bills who we're about to talk about. And then for third place, um, Look, the Chargers are absolutely in competition, I think, to be considered there. But I was talking to my colleague Jeff Saturday, and he had the Browns, and I had the Ravens, and we were going back and forth. And I was like, I really love what I've seen from the Browns' defense early on, but, like, Baker, what is happening? And because they beat the Vikings, I feel like it wasn't a huge story, but... Holy struggle bus, Patrick. Like, so I guess I want to know what your, you know, the Browns are three and one, but like, what is your level of concern with the offense after four weeks? My, my level of concern, like if we're going one to 10, right. I'm going to say it's, it's a, it's a five right now. I'm not super concerned because I do remember a couple of weeks ago, Baker takes a hit on his non-throwing shoulder. He goes in, I'm assuming yeah. he gets some sort of injection. He comes out and finishes the game. I was legitimately wondering, cause he was bad. He was yes. bad against the Vikings. I, I, I think besides the Odell play, which some people try to explain away and say that Odell was like, he didn't get his head around fast. Like, I don't know. What? Like no, go throw that, the ball to somebody no, running. <laughs> like, Stop it. You can do that. Uh, maybe not at that distance, but you know, you throw the ball to somebody. That's that's what we do at the earliest levels uh, of this game. But I legitimately was wondering if he was okay. I, I recognize that it's your non-throwing shoulder, but if you try to like stay stationary with one shoulder and throw with the other, it's it's difficult to do it, hmm. he was that bad and and so if we get a little bit more removed granted like playing football is not good for you you're not going to get better uh, playing football every week from an injury but you know i think as we go on baker he's not going to be that bad uh because if he's that bad then it's a real problem well, but but yeah. i think considering the way he started because you know the the way that the season started for the browns it's like okay yeah give baker the contract don't worry about it now you, you're kind of thinking about it and if you're thinking about it maybe there's a problem yeah, it, it's important to note too. It's like not just 
missing Odell. He the I don't remember if it was Brian or Hooper. It was one of the tight ends. He had wide open and just straight up. And it, it wasn't, by the way, just that he didn't he missed him. He didn't throw to him. You know, and like that's what's so odd to me is like it's a combination of vision and accuracy. And that's not like the accuracy part is something like Baker Mayfield, whatever you think about him as a quarterback, and it's like, oh, how much does his offense depend on the run game and play action? Like he is accurate. <laughs> he's been accurate and he's been accurate throwing the ball deep. In the Minnesota game, he was 0 for 7 on passes over 20 yards. Um and and he just it looked he looked like a totally different quarterback. So I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> I can't imagine how a shoulder injury would affect the vision. But again, quarterbacking is really complicated. And it could be the kind of thing where if you're worried about being hit, you know, maybe and then Jedrick Wills went out like maybe there's some concern there and it's like affecting the, the process overall. But I would say, like, just to kind of go back to the original question about like the panic button, you know, I, ask me in a couple weeks, because if he doesn't look better in a couple of weeks, I think this is a team that you, you no longer think of as a serious contender. Um, by the way, this week they're playing the Chargers, and I think, uh, which is a great heat check, but I also think the Chargers can be run on, and that I imagine yeah. the Browns will have success running the football. Um, the reason they've won the last few games is because of their defense, which has been, we, we touched on this earlier really strong early on like all of the additions look good um you know they invested a ton in the secondary and it's kind of where you're like oh yeah john johnson troy hill are good but then you're seeing the players who have kind of gotten a chance to play after being hurt especially in this last game um greedy williams played yeah greedy was great played it's like oh yeah like all these guys are good uh i've i've gushed about my love for Ousu karamoa early on but the the pass rush uh, Patrick is just like really like, you know, you mentioned it at BCD Chicago, like this is a really terrifying pass rush and Kurt Cousins felt it. <laughs> he did. There was one part where uh, there was one play where Jadavian Clowney takes the center and like hip tosses him. And you could see Kirk just like, oh no, God. no, no, I'm He's just like, going to nah, throw, nah, 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 throw this ball out of nah. bounds. And, you, and I'm glad know, as a Clowney you know truther, I'm just so happy. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> Well, by the way, I, I just wanted to ask you, how many yards do you think Kirk Cousins had when pressured in this game? Um, 87. Zero. What? The bagel. The bagel. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Because like, we were so worried about Justin Fields, and it's like, yikes. This, yeah. this, maybe this is just the freaking squad. Like, maybe clowny. This is the Talk unit. about Clowney. Because, I, yeah, it's, it's time. Justice for Clowney. And and I, I think the pairing, well, clearly, like, everybody's going to have an opportunity with Miles Garrett over there. But when the designation, because people think about defensive ends and it's like, oh, you got to get pressures, you got to get sacks. But he's been so good and so disruptive against the run for his entire career. And, yeah, maybe not to what we hoped as a, as a number one overall pick and you would like to affect the quarterback more. But he, he can just do whatever he needs. And that's how Woods is using him now. Right. He, he, he's moving around. He's lining up. He's, he's going in every single gap. And it's like, hey, J.D., like, go make things bad. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm happy. I'm so happy to see it because it's a fun watch. It's two. It's two defensive players that you have to watch on every single play. And yes. when it's somebody, when it's Kirk Cousins, it's like it's even more fun to watch oh, because yeah. things can go. Things can go left in a hurry. They're so yeah. Clowney's always been awesome against the run, even when he's not putting up numbers. And I, this is, I think, a great 
game for that. Like, this is a real like, okay, is are, are we serious about the Browns potentially having one of the five best defenses in the NFL? Well, this is, I think, a good chance to prove it against the Chargers. So I will be watching this with great interest for that. And then to see if Baker Mayfield looks more like Baker Mayfield. I am not um, totally panicking yet, but uh, I you, you have to question the prospects if there's not some improvement, certainly after based compared to what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Um, the game of the week is undeniably though as much as i like browns chargers and cowboys giants bills chiefs i feel like is the game maybe not as anticipated as hashtag the return but it is for me <laughs> so this is a sunday night game it's more for me the return I'll, was i'll be honest <laughs> i'm looking forward to this game way more than the return hashtag you know what i'm not looking forward to in two weeks it's Sunday night football. Oh God, is it too early to flex it out or something? It's a Seahawks Steelers. And after all of the shit I have talked, if this, if Ben Roethlisberger beats the Seahawks, I have to take the week off of work. I, I do first take now with Stephen A. Smith, who's a Steelers fan. I literally, I cannot show up. I don't even know. I Do, do I you honestly believe that this is going to be the case? Like, I mean, are, are you, are you truly? I don't even want to talk about, about it. I don't even want to talk about it. Let's talk about Bill's Chiefs. Let's talk about Bill's Chiefs. <laughs> Um, here's my core hypothesis after watching both these games this last week and thinking about the matchups. I don't think either of these defenses can stop either of these offenses. So no. it's probably going to be 17 to 14. Cause that's what always happens when you say that. Do you agree uh, with what I said? Yes. My joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I agree. 100%. I, I thought I lost you there for a second. I heard loud clicking. <laughs> Oh, I was oh, back. Gosh. Yeah, I was backing up and and like making a face. I forgot that word. This is audio. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, okay. Uh, yeah. I, honestly, because you, know, I, I'm not even sure what the number is, but I, I don't know if it's high enough in, in terms of this matchup because people have said, "Oh, this this Bills defense, right?" And I, yes. I do think they're good. You know, I believe what Sean McDermott has done, but look at the quarterback schedule. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's the the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger, right? J- Jacoby Brissett in relief. Then there's Taylor Heineke and then Davis Mills. Like, hey, congratulations! I, I love, I love the guys on the team, right? I, I, I think, I think a lot of them. Um, but it just the the matchups haven't really dictated that it's like, oh, the Bills defense yeah. is great. And the Chiefs haven't stopped anybody. They haven't stopped anybody no. all year. Uh, so it's it's just going to be a score fest. I don't see any any other thing happening. Uh, it's going to be a score fest. It's going to be fun, and it's much better than like a rainy, dreary, tearful afternoon in Foxborough. <laughs> Uh, um, let's talk about the Bills, Bills defense versus the Chiefs offense because you're, the, statistically the Bills defense is the best in the NFL right now but as you mentioned the competition has not been great um, just watching them I, I still think this is a very good secondary but I question whether the front seven is as good as the numbers say um, and this is uh, I am the mayor of Matt Milano Island, mayor, king, queen. Uh, yeah, probably not. Either one. Really it's, it's your island, so you can do whatever you want. So that's right? been my like one of my things for a while, <laughs> to the point where my coworkers make fun of me every time Matt Milano makes a play. And Patrick, I have bad news for Buffalo fans, which is well, they know this, so I, it's not really bad news. Bad news for anyone who cares about Matt Milano and isn't following his injury status. He might not play in this game. Uh, that is concerning. I think against the. A Chiefs team that, similar to the Cowboys, have really destroyed teams underneath. Because 
you know, defenses have been kind of sitting back and the Eagles are it was just a tough situation for them, obviously. But Mahomes <laughs> That's and company man on Tyreek Hill oh, because I, that I works out so well for everybody. Mahomes and company have been totally content to just get the ball out quick and even run the ball too, by the way, which is new a new little twist. Um, the RPO game, like, okay, you want to sit back? Okay, we'll use Tyreek Hill as an RPO weapon. And, you know, it's just we know what Kelsey Kelsey does to also soft zone defenses. I just think as good as the secondary is, um, I, I feel like the Chiefs are going to be perfectly content to grind out long, successful drives against them. And, and that's what we, we flash back to, right? That game where the Bills were able to keep things close uh, by just keep sitting back in too high and saying, hey, run the ball. Like, do not you do not butcher us. Uh, just run the ball. We'll see how much you're willing to run the ball. And they were able to keep it close. But the difference then was you, you didn't have transcendent Josh Allen in the Bills offense yet. You just weren't there yet. And now you're here. Um, and, and so I, I just see it. I see it as score fest. I see all of these Chiefs games as score fest, to be honest, until like unless Josh Gordon is is coming in to play corner. Right. Like oh. the, this is this is like Mike Hughes uh, had a horrible run. Right. Where. Mike Williams gets like seven catches, 122 yards, two touchdowns. And then Devontae Smith uh, comes comes right back. I think he might have had seven catches, 100. I think they might have had the same exact stat line, except he didn't get in the end zone. Uh, and this is like week after week. There's there's just not a lot of answers. I, I see Diggs going off, and I don't see the Bills being able to, to, to stop KC. So on the other side, I think the Chiefs defense has been the worst in the NFL in a number of categories, and it looks uh, it looks bad. Like it, you know, I was like, the Bills defense is the best, but it doesn't really look like I don't know how good the pass rush is. The Chiefs, it, it's statistically bad, and the eye test is bad. Uh, the one, I guess, source of optimism one might have, not just for the future, but also for this particular matchup is they might be getting some dudes back. Um, I just saw the latest practice report and Willie Gay Jr., who I think is their best linebacker, um, Tavarius Ward, Rashad Fenton, and Frank Clark returned to practice. It doesn't necessarily mean any or all of them will play in the game, but I think even getting a couple of those players back will make it look less ugly than it did against Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean Frank Clark probably being the the, the biggest key there uh, because yeah. the way that Spags has has this this defense going, right? You you figure you try to figure out how they're going to rotate uh, into that into that too high look and who's going to be there, and then you have mm-hmm. Tyron Matthew who can be in any particular spot in any particular moment. But if without the pressure, right, um, then the, the, def, the you know, guys are just expending a lot of energy rotating the spots, and, and so it's. How 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 do you how do you approach this? How do you approach this team and this defense? And and uh, Tyron got to Josh Allen a couple of times. Uh, there were a couple yeah. uh, potential turnovers. Uh, in fact, did he he picked him off? Uh, if I'm thinking right, I believe uh, so. Back yeah. to that game last year, it's they they have they have a chance, and they're going to have to do that. They're going to have to make individual plays, and you're going to have to get those three moments a game where there may be bad yeah. Josh. But are those three moments going to be enough for sixty minutes? I, I, I'm not sure. I'm looking forward to it. I, I just right. want to see the game. No, no, you're 100 right. Like that was the Chiefs' defense, like the previous two years, which is like not great, but chaotic enough. And you know, there'd be like one or two turnovers or disruptive plays, and you know that they could kind of hang in there while the offense did the yeoman's work. And I think some of that has been stymied a little bit by the injuries and kind of what. Um, like, you know, can Tyron Matthew freelance the way you'd like him to? Oh my God. I, 
I, do you ever tweet a mean a, a meme and then you feel like it's too mean and delete it? N- no, Mina, I, I don't believe you know me. I'm not deleting any of these things. So I tweeted a picture <laughs> of a dog with a sniper rifle, <laughs> like, and wrote opposing quarterbacks looking for Daniel Sorensen, and I felt bad. Wow, no, yeah, I've never, I've never tried to like murder Daniel Sorensen via <laughs> meme before. I would have deleted. I would have never said. He's 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 so he he's he's not getting it done. But then I guess look, the, the, they know how Juan Thornhill is playing. Like, and he does play a, a bit. It's not like he's covered himself in glory either. But you know, Sorensen is still out snapping him like two to one. I I don't know what. Famous, I don't know famously what. Famously, one what, of the best uh, short shuttle times in the past fifteen years of the draft. So Sorensen. Yeah, shout out to Daniel Sorensen for for being a shuttle master. Dilfred um, Sorensen. Um, <laughs> yeah. I also okay. How do we feel about the Chris Jones defensive end experiment? Is it because he's still oh, really no. good? He's but he's still like clearly their best defensive player when you watch. But obviously, if they get Frank Clark back, I think there's more flexibility to move them inside, and I hope they do because I I do think he's he's more disruptive rushing from yeah. the inside. And that's the thing, right? If Frank, if Frank Clark coming back means that he goes back to the position where right. he's one of the best players in the league, then perhaps that's insight that like, hey, maybe this is where he should be, right? If, if you have somebody that's good at something to an extent that 99.9% of other people can't do, right, other than that one other guy, um, yeah, then he should do that thing. I, I just, I don't think it's working. So offensively, Buffalo, again, they played the Texans who are, you know, like a fake team last year. So like, or last, <laughs> last week, last year. So in addition to kind of throwing out the defense, you, you have to question what you can take away from that offensive performance. But I think one thing that is notable, well, there's two things. They continue to shuffle their offensive line and Cody Ford was benched, which I think is interesting. And they moved Daryl Williams inside and um, started a rookie, Spencer Brown at right tackle. And it, again, it was Houston. So it's like, I don't know, don't take away from this. But that's something to keep an eye on. And then the other thing is uh, they actually they ran the ball, which Brian Dable has been kind of allergic to. Um, but I would be curious to see if that's something that continues, given how bad the Chiefs run defense is, because I've really liked what I've seen from Zach Moss this season. And I feel like if, if you're Dable, you know, it's not not like the Chiefs secondary can cover your weapons, but I, I really think this is one where you should you should be willing to utilize your backs. Yeah, in in terms of like their their yards per play right now, uh, they've been they've been pretty good, right? That it's yeah. uh, I'm not sure if they're the I think KC's at seven uh, yards per play, but mm. they have been running the ball. And there was like a, a joke, right? The Bills are a running team now. Um, <laughs> but for for Zach Moss for to start the season as a healthy scratch and and to be at this point where I think him and Singletary are yeah. splitting carries almost right down the middle. Uh, it's it's a tool that's in the bag that they didn't use uh, for, for a long time, but they can. Uh, yeah. They can run the ball, and you just wonder, right, how much thinking about Patrick Mahomes on the other side will dictate uh, how much Dable is willing to run the ball, but th- this Chiefs defense is, has kind of just given up everything, uh, so they can have success either way. But, you know, late late in the games, it'd be weird to think about, right, the Buffalo Bills, Brian Dable's Buffalo Bills uh, running down the clock in like a four-minute offense situation against the Chiefs. That would be hilarious. It wouldn't be fun to watch, but maybe they can do it. I don't, I don't I, believe they can, but maybe. Why not? I shot. mean, anyone can against the Chiefs' defense, right? So, 
I would say this is one. I was actually texting with Nate Tyson. I was after watching the Texans game, I was like, do you think they ran it to like get ready for the Chiefs game or something? <laughs> and then he suggested something to me that I kind of feel like might be true, which is like, there might be a philosophical mandate of sorts. Cause you know, defensive head coaches get kind of antsy when you don't run the ball right. well. And then in week one, the weirdo Pittsburgh loss, they didn't run it at all. And everyone gave them a ton of crap for it. So in, in either case, I don't think they'll have trouble uh, on the ground or through the air. But I do think it, this is a game where you want to be willing to run the ball because you can. I don't know who to pick. I'm leaning Kansas City, but I don't. I, I understand that they're the less balanced team, but I just – I just it, – it, It's kind of like that with the Browns too, right? You, you, you've just been poisoned by so much history, right, where it's like, uh, is this – is what I'm seeing real? Like I've seen the Chiefs lose two games and – you know, the same problems have risen up both times, but you just can't let it go. And and maybe you shouldn't. I mean, there's there's more than enough data to say, uh, don't don't worry about the Chiefs. Uh, they'll be I fine. mean, I might I've been getting a lot of shit. Like I might not pick against the Chiefs ever, even though they have the the statistically worst offense in the NFL. That's I this like we're not really talking about the offense, I think because I don't know. Some some of it's the competition, but some of it is kind of you get used to it, you know, at a certain point. But the offense looks so good, and they're just killing teams a million different ways. And um, and they have to because you know yeah. the thirty first total defense, thirty first scoring defense, thirtieth in rushing defense, twenty eighth in the red zone, last in yards per play. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. But it should be a good game. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, as always, I'm going to wrap with Dinks and Dunks, which are a part of ESPN Nation, brought to you by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, and so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. And now it's time for Dinks and Dunks. I'm getting paid for this, right? All right. As always, four questions from me, one from Lenny. First question, what will it take for you to forgive Hollywood Brown? Um, I would like to see Hollywood Brown running down the field by himself, which he's really good at uh, for some reason. <laughs> the teams forget to cover Hollywood um, and catch the ball with his arms extended away from his body and, and just see the ball go into his hands and then run into the end zone and, and then be happy. That That's what he, I will take. But he did that on here's the thing. once. We, 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 yeah, I mean, we, we talked about this. I, I would also maybe like. Uh, a play where he doesn't have separation and mm. he tracks the ball and finds the ball, you know, the defender's not mm. looking and, and he comes back and gets it. That, I mean, that would be great. And, and I would say, Hollywood, I'm sorry, no more jokes about Encino or Lolitos <laughs> or any, any other part of, of Los Angeles. Uh, you will be uh, Hollywood Brown forever. Uh, uh, the backstory here is that Patrick and I have a blood feud with Hollywood Brown uh, where we get really frustrated with his drops uh, like inordinately frustrated, and that's why I, when I mentioned Rashad Bateman, where we, we he literally is our hope. Our he's the prince he was promised to us. Save us. Even though Hollywood, he does have good games, but then he just has these drops. And anyways, we we don't want to be we don't want to be this way. We just are. Yeah. No. I, I I'm just a Lamar stan, and I, I understand. You know, it's more important for somebody to be able to get open all the time than you know, to get super worried about drops. I mean, Keenan Allen had a drop 
but I just I, I just want it to fundamentally look different the way he approaches catching the football. I, I think it would help Lamar and it would help me and you know it would make our DM happier. I would say 90% of our DMs are when <laughs> a Ravens receiver drops the football. All right. Question two. You are Mike Tomlin in this oh, scenario. Sweet. What what do you do at quarterback? What's your move? I, I, I bench Ben. Uh, I say Ben Roethlisberger has not been playing well, and so we're going to play Dwayne Haskins, and we're going to evaluate how we approach this in the future. Uh, I'm I'm Mike Tomlin. Uh, I'm not going to take any more questions on this because I, I'm Mike Tomlin, and I'm super matter of fact. I, I guess that's how I would do it. But yeah, I would, I would just bench Ben. I, I would say he's got some, you know, this hip and pec, right? He was that's out of that's the today. move. The fake yeah. injury is the move. Was, yeah, you know, this guy's played through all of these injuries, you know, for his entire career. But this this is a bad one. This this one's not how- working. Uh, so we're going to play Dwayne Haskins now. Do you play Dwayne Haskins or do you sign Cam Newton? Well, me, of course, I, I would sign. I would sign Cam Newton. Uh, I, I would do. Most teams should do that. This this idea that if your backup quarterback is too good, then it makes your starter bad. Then like you have a real problem. If if your your starter is is going to be like emotionally wounded uh, by their backup being good, I, I think I think that somebody should. Yeah, they, it should be Cam. It should be. It shouldn't be Ben. Uh, we've, we've seen enough that there's been enough like third downs where he swings the ball out to Najee uh, on like third and eight fourth and downs, <laughs> fourth downs. there's a billion guys standing out there in the flat. Cause they know it's coming. And then after the game, Ben's talking about, Hey, we need you to be a beast. Like what? Like, dude, <laughs> give me the I, ball in space. Najee I, has touched behind the line of scrimmage on like 70% of his touches. And it's Ben's fault. It's bad. He has, you know, he he has be the worst him. job in America, aside from whoever has to play linebacker against Kyler Murray every week. It's Najee Harris. Or I guess if you are – no, it's Najee Harris. Um, <laughs> yeah, I look, Haskins didn't look great in the preseason to me, and they've we've seen enough out of Mason Rudolph, which is why I would prefer – Cam also Cam can actually move, and I think behind that offensive line at this point, you want a quarterback who can move. And both Haskins and Rudolph aren't like super. I mean, compared to Ben Roethlisberger, like you know, everything is everyone is mobile at this point. But that would be the move for me. But yeah, I think you gotta you gotta go the injury route at this point. It's so off. I mean, also like, how do you go into that locker room? Like, you had a good defense. You should not have like those guys shouldn't have to show up and I'm getting into real hot take territory. Do Disrespect. It. They're disrespecting the 52 yeah. men on that roster. Okay. They called them boys um, a few years ago. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh god, that was rough. <laughs> Kevin Colbert. Okay, question three. Uh Ram Seahawks. Who you got? Amina, I Say, will take tell the truth. You want me to tell the truth? Say what you believe. Speak with your heart. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the Cardinals look so good against the Rams, and it's like, I, I think that's that was the Cardinals. Um, I, I just, I, I the Seahawks defense needs help. The Bad. Seahawks defense needs help, and Russ just can't, he, he can't do it all. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm taking the Rams. No, I, it's the right pick. Um, I, yeah, I talked a lot about the NFC West last week, so I, we're getting the, again, the double NFC West matchup so i didn't really want to get into it too much but yeah um i get it i understand it'll be okay. weird and, and odd and, and entertaining down the end but but yeah if you're asking i have to make that pick 
Question four. Do you think Urban Meyer lasts the season? Uh, I do. I do. I, I think the best case scenario would be for like a full on addressing like this is what happened. I messed up. I, I'm not who I purported to be. Right. Um, I, I'm a guy who coaches football. Uh, this, is, this is what it is. You guys yuck it up. Uh, we've already seen the cons address it. I, I think Tony, there's like a tweet for a big AEW announcement tonight. And everybody's like, oh, Urban Meyer, this is oh this God. is going to be this is going to be the announcement on wrestling. No, I, I think we've seen the statements. Uh, there's been multiple tweet statements. And it's so it just many. everybody knows everything at this point. It, it's all out in the open. There's nothing more to hide. So now he doesn't have to. That. Don't know about that. but Well, yeah. But in terms of Urban Meyer, like we've seen this, you know, there's the the issues at Florida. There's the issues at Ohio State. There's the strength coach, the a literal abuser of football players that he tried to hire. Right. And so it's like, OK, we know. But now Urban knows that we know. Everybody knows. Everything's on the table. And maybe they just they finish it out. Is he going to quit? Maybe it's happened before, but I, I don't I don't think they're going to fire him. Um, important news that uh, breaking NFL news that we're going to have to reconsider what we talked about the Browns Instagram story from Baker Mayfield. It's oh. very long. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but mm-hmm. um, let me just find the most important thing. People seem to forget how I got here. Nothing was given. Everything earned. Ups and downs. Came out stronger and better every time. Da, 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 that's very, very, very long. That All being right. said. You were, the, you were the number one overall pick. Yeah. He kind of lost that the chip on the shoulder <laughs> thing when you get picked first. Winning is a priority for me. Always has been. Always will be. That's why I was brought to Cleveland to change that narrative and impact others along the way. This is like longer than the Jacksonville apology for Urban Meyer. Wow. Does that change your feeling about whether the Browns can beat the Chargers? I actually think the Browns can beat the Chargers, and I think Baker Mayfield is going to play better than we've seen. So, yeah, yeah. no, I do. I hope he's okay. And you were talking about the Hooper play, right? Where he's kind of rolling and he like does a yeah. weird jump instead of throwing to Austin Hooper. Maybe, maybe I mean, the only th- reason I could think of is like a physical thing and he would have to contort his body in such a way that would aggravate uh, his other shoulder to throw the ball. Maybe. Uh, but but yeah, him you know with a super long extra Instagram story. I, the, <laughs> the, one, the one I was thinking of was it was Harrison Bryant. I remember he had Harrison Bryant open in the fly, and he just oh, okay. was like nah. And then the week before he had uh, Felton, Demetric Felton, Demetric Felton. <laughs> Anyways, I I want the Browns to be good. The NFL is more fun when the Browns are good. So yes, yeah, I, I have faith in you, Baker. I never lost faith. All right. Last question, as always, comes from Lenny. Oh, Lenny, what you got, man? Uh, you know Lenny's very online. Oh, my god! And uh, once again, he went back to the well of reading your Twitter. <laughs> and he just wants to know what your process was behind this tweet on October 3rd at 1.13 p.m. At Patrick Claibon tweeted, Saquon appears back. One like. Shout out to that one guy. I got to find it. I got to find it. I mean, honestly, I'll say, he, he, let me defend myself. Um, we're doing game day live. It's three and a half <laughs> hours of highlights. And I don't necessarily get a chance to get a feel of the energy and the attention of the timeline. Right. I'm, I'm talking for three and a half hours. And it's like, I want to tweet. You know, this is what I do. I, I watch football and I tweet about it. Um, and, uh, as always, yeah, it, it if, did, if you're listening, didn't get a lot of love. Look up at Patrick Claybon and don't look, do like this. this no, 
No. <laughs> look, do not just do look this. up at Patrick Claybon. Like Saquon. No. <laughs>